one. All right, what's up, guys? On today's episode of Primetime Kansas City, we'll be talking about Carson Wentz, the Indianapolis Colts, Fernando Tatis, uh, he's loaded now. Mahomes is a father. A little bit of uh, March Madness preview, uh, Missouri. Are they going to disappoint me? Probably. Uh, but yeah, we might have a trending falling. So yeah, this is primetime Kansas City, so let's get right into it. Carson Wentz to the Colts. Uh, Eagles get a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 second-round pick. That can turn into a first if Carson Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps and makes the playoffs, or 75% of the snaps and doesn't. What are your guys' initial thoughts on this trade? Who do you think won the trade, Jackson? Hmm. Uh, it's tough to say. I would say the Colts because Philly still has to eat a lot of the salary of Carson Wentz. Yes, $33 and, million to be exact. Yeah, so they're not necessarily getting – they're basically – basically they're paying Carson Wentz to leave. Um, they're paying $33 think, million dollars for two draft picks. Yeah, which one could become a first-round pick, I guess. But I don't know. I just think – I'm not sure there is a clear winner at this moment. I don't think – I think there's this trade is one of those that could end up lose lose in the end, um, but yeah, I'd say Colts for right now because I think they have a I don't know if I would say a Super Bowl ready roster, but definitely a playoff ready roster, a deep playoff run team uh, intact. And so I think if you were going to go for it next year, like it appears they are, Carson Wentz probably gives you a better chance than a rookie quarterback would have that you took in the twenty range because you obviously don't have a high draft pick or signing a free agent, which the best free agent quarterback appears like it's going to be uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Trubisky or Andy Dalton. That, and that's assuming Dak Prescott does not hit the market, which I don't think he will. So I think the Colts ultimately, this was the best option for them with Rivers retiring, and I think that's why you'd have to give them the win. John, what about you? Who do you think won? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I always think, like, whenever a trade happens, to say who won immediately, obviously, is difficult. But, yeah, I would have to agree with Jackson and say the Colts. Um, I don't really know if there's going to be a loser here because I just don't really know what, what else the Eagles were supposed to do here. I mean, they it seems like they had alienated Wentz with Peterson being gone or not, so they didn't really have much of a choice. Um but yeah, I think from the Colts' perspective, I mean, you are now in a spot where your team is good enough to win. I think it depends on how good you think Wentz will be. I mean, but, he does have Frank Wright where he was at his peak. And yeah. I mean, something that you really have to realize is, didn't the Eagles trade to get Carson Wentz? Uh, they traded up to get him in the draft. Yeah. yeah. So like, they traded up to get a franchise quarterback who did, pro- I would say, led them to a... Super Bowl. They definitely would not have won one without him. So yes. you yeah. have to um, give him credit there. I mean, and yeah, he did give you a he did help you get a ring. But other than that, he did absolute shit. I mean yeah. to me, I think the Colts won and I think it's the same reason you guys have. I mean, I agree with both of you. This could easily be a lose lose and this can easily be a win win. I just I mean yeah. it should be interesting. Three years from now we could probably say or really five, five years from now, we can really go back on this trade and be like, oh, yeah, that team was the winner. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with it's kind of hard to judge it right now just based on what was traded and to who it was going to. 
But now that you do have Carson Wentz, Jackson, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Do you, you what is the Colts' peak now? Um, it depends on the Carson Wentz you get. If Let's you say we get, get in the middle of a Carson Wentz from last year and a Carson Wentz MVP in the middle. I would say you have the potential. I want to say you know it's an, a a lock or it's uh, probable, but I would say you do have the potential to be in the Super Bowl. I would say you do. And if you get that Carson Wentz, I believe. Listen, I don't think Carson Wentz has to be absolutely spectacular to get that team to the Super Bowl. They have a great run game, a great offensive line, an above-average defense. And if Carson Wentz can just play, you know, in between shit and MVP, which is basically just mediocre, if we're being honest, uh, it wouldn't be the first time a mediocre quarterback got led by a absolutely star-studded supporting cast to the Super Bowl because Brady's done it uh, seven times now. I had to throw that one in. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, John, what do you think this Colts peak is with a an average Carson Wentz? Yeah, I mean, they can definitely win a Super Bowl. I think um, if they had still had Andrew Luck for the past two years, they probably would have been in the Super Bowl competition the whole time. Yeah, I mean, probably. that's a good point. I mean, when we played the Colts and Andrew Luck was there, I was like, this won't be an easy game. Yeah. And Mahomes is having kind to be of... good. Like, mm. like I'm just saying, like, the Colts were there. They were almost there to be competing for a Super Bowl. But then yeah. Andrew like just decided to fuck them in the ass. They were also um, they were also in the AFC Championship game in 2014 when the Deflate Gate happened. Which I, you know, as much as I hate New England and Brady, I would still say 100 percent that they would have got their ass kicked regardless of that. But um, yeah, they were definitely there, and honestly. The roster is pretty good still, so I could see them making a run. I think where they might have to make an adjustment would probably be wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's getting up there, and they don't really have a great receiving core. But that being said, um, you know, receivers are something you can find free agents and draft. So I would say it's not unrealistic to think Indianapolis is going to be a Super Bowl contender in the AFC next year if Carson Wentz plays better than he did this past season. Oh. Right. Fernando Tatis, 14 years, $340 million. One mm. lucky motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's had... rich. I feel bad for him, though. They're not. Wow. They're, they're not. You know, not... do you know that Hunter Dozier's had more at-bats than Fernando Tatis Jr. has? Yeah, that's not all that That's pretty crazy. That's and pretty Hunter crazy. Hunter Dozier has not had that many at-bats. Yeah, that's, that's what's young. crazy about it. It's like, holy shit. Hunter Dozier didn't take over as a starter until 2018. The jury uh, is still out on Hunter Dozier, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, the jury is still out on him, and yet there's a guy who has, I think it's like 20 less at-bats, and it's getting 14 years guaranteed. I mean, I guess the MLB is all guaranteed. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like this is a good deal for the Padres. I feel like it's pretty like, yeah, if he blows and this becomes a pool hole, so it'll suck, but he doesn't look like that's going to happen because pool hole signed at 30 and he's 22. Um, yeah, I just I think it'll be a bargain deal when we look down the road. Uh, I think that's kind. Well, I'm not really calling a shot. I just think the market value for guys that are going to be like him in five, six years from now is going to be higher than what his contract will be. That is just that's just the way it goes. That's just which is which is why I think the Padres were smart to ink him for 14 because if you ink him for six, you're just paying the market value over and over again to him. You income for this long, 
And granted, they might restructure something if Tatis gets pissed and sees like, hey, why is LCD's Escobar Jr. making $33 million and I'm not? But, um, yeah, he's, I think it was a good deal for the Padres. And to lock up your young star that early, especially for an organization that has not locked up a lot of their young talent and has shipped them away the past decade and been in a constant rebuild, I thought that it was a good decision. Yeah, and speaking of like who won the trade, I mean, you can't forget the White Sox traded for James Shields for Fernando Tatis. Yeah, that that might go down in history as one of the worst. Depending on how Tatis ends up, that might go down in history as the worst, one of the worst trades ever. I don't think it's possible to top Babe Ruth for yeah, cash, but Babe Ruth is going to be especially to your arch rival, but yeah, that that one's not very good either. So, yeah, tough tough one there. Yeah, that sucks if you're a White Sox fan. All right, moving on. Um, Thank God, though, because they would be ungodly loaded if that was the case. College basketball. We're almost in March. It's, it's about it to is get almost real. March. It's about to get lit. Missouri basketball mm. is about to break another heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's not going to break my heart. I, I'll say that because at this point, I don't expect them to do anything. Um, you, bro, I don't get it. How do how did Mizzou fans go full nuclear after they lost three games without their best player? Like I'm sorry, that the Mizzou fan base has had such a big overreaction this past couple of weeks. It's not just that, it's. But I what don't know. has changed besides the fact that we lost a few games without our best player? John, like, it's I'm, not the fact that we lost a few games. We got fucking blew out by Ole Miss by 20 without dude, Tillman. It's take every team or with best Tillman, player. with Tillman. Okay. Yeah, that was a rough game, but I, I still think... Then he lose to Georgia by 13, blowing a 13-point lead. Look, if Tillman's in there, we might lose by six, but I'm just saying... No, okay, whatever. We might so win that, game. that is such but a fat piece of revisionist history. I'm not mad about the Arkansas or Georgia loss without Tillman. The Ole Miss loss by 21 is unforgivable. The Mississippi State loss is unforgivable. Oh, that's, the yeah. the one-point Bradley win is unforgivable. Um... And let's face it, when Jesse Newell came on here, he was right. They win a lot of close games, and that's not sustainable. And Jackson was trying to make it sound like that was a good thing, too. It is a good thing to be able to win close games, but he's right in the sense that, yeah, eventually the luck's going to run out unless your name's Tom Brady. And then you can just have it for the rest of your life, and you have a magic horseshoe stuck up your ass. But Mizzou doesn't have that. They have the opposite. They are fucking cursed. So I honestly – but the reason it wasn't sustainable is because we lost our best player. Like, I don't know what to say about that. That any other team take away their clear best player, they will lose games that they should not have lost. Like, I that is, I don't get why that's such a hard concept for Mizzou fans to compartmentalize. Like, this team is not, relative to what we knew about them, we pretty much put up the performances I would expect if you told me we were about to play games without our best player. Like, I don't know. I think this is absolutely ridiculous that Mizzou fans have just capitulated. Obviously, we were going to have a fall off. If you didn't expect this, what what were you expecting? I don't know. I think we're I in the same spot we were. To win at least one. Uh, we should have beat Georgia. Okay, whatever, man. You, you go without your best player. You are so likely to lose. And teams act like it's just an easy thing not to do. But it's much harder than it looks on paper. And the reason that... People will cite other teams winning games without their good players is because those are teams like Duke and Kentucky who probably have a god squad outside of it. Like, I just think Mizzou fans absolutely went off the rails this week. 
everything now gets labeled as a Mizzou, Mizzou this, Mizzou that. No, this was such a normal sequence. This is exactly what would happen to any university if this happened. Like, if okay, you lose so, the best player. So are you I, saying? Are you saying though that the difference between a team like Georgia and us is literally Tillman? Yes, no. that's exactly what I'm saying. Which okay, which means that's why I'm, and that's my point as to why I'm not going to get heartbroken in March because there's nothing to get heartbroken Dude, on. If I think we're on the – What are Tillman's averages? Like, no, I, listen, it has nothing to do with that. I understand Tillman's our best player. I understand Tillman's great. That's not what I'm arguing. I know he's great and missing him hurts a lot. But if we are on the par level of Georgia without him, then there's no way in hell we're going anywhere with okay, him. One guy hey, is not going to hey, make that hey, big of a difference. Hey, hey, uh, that? That's not relevant at all. Like, that's Tillman's so stats. Stupid. I can't. Tillman's stats, 13 points, 7.6 rebounds this year. Yeah, that is literally, okay, double-digit contributions from the starter. And then you think about what we have to do without him because we that, that is a position we don't have depth at. Like, Drew Smith is our best guard. Losing him would be a much more graceful transition than losing Tillman. This was the worst loss Mizzou could have had. And, yes, they lost games without him. But the fact that they're all not on par with Georgia without him is not a reason to think we can't win. Because I can put that right in your face and say, oh, we beat Illinois, we beat Tennessee, we beat uh, freaking Bama with him. So what does that say about us? If you look at it from that lens, we're a final – or not a final four. We're an elite eight team. So – I, I just – I don't get how a few losses without our best player followed by a solid win with him back still has everyone on just complete freaking edge because this is just – this is what you should have expected when you saw that he wasn't going to play. That That is my opinion. But whatever. I just think – I, mean, I just kinda, think – You kind of brought up something I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Duke and uh, Kansas – or Duke and Kentucky. Kentucky, we don't need to worry about too much. But Duke? Uh, I don't know. Duke and North Carolina. Man. I mean, you can throw in Kentucky. Kentucky has to win the SEC tournament. They want to make the tournament. Yeah, that's but true. But Duke yeah. and North Carolina are now starting to make some noise. Like, Duke is a, is on first four out as of right now in bracketology. So, if Duke could probably win out this the rest of the year in the regular season and probably win at least one tournament game, I think they're easily in the tournament. Yeah, North we'll Carolina, that, they, looked, would, they looked would, dangerous against Louisville. You would think that they would favor those big teams like Duke and North Carolina. Over because, fucking like Xavier. Yeah, you would think they're going to give them a nod because they played a tougher schedule if it comes down to it. It's funny. Um, I think Duke's 4-0 since Jalen Johnson has left. So, Bro, and if I'm Krzyzewski, if that guy even fucking thinks about coming back, I'm fucking punching him in the face and telling him to never step foot on the campus again. Because he literally just quit on that fucking team. Sorry, that was disgraceful. Uh, they're three and zero without him. Yeah, that was disgraceful. But we've already talked about that on this podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure we have. I, if we haven't, I'll just say this: you're a pussy. You quit on your team. Um, yeah, I think Duke is catching fire at the right time. But I think North Carolina is the team that. If I had to bet which one will get in, I would say North Carolina at this moment. Well, I, no, to be honest, I'm going to bet. I'm going to say Duke and North Carolina both get in. They, You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they but, both did get in. Yes, North Carolina beating Louisville by 40 is kind of like a holy shit, here I come statement. Like, yeah. We can't forget. I'm pretty sure North Carolina had the fourth best recruiting class this year. Yeah. That so, I know. like, I'm well, not When you shocked. take into account, the con- you always have to whenever you're – 
looking at teams that are on the bubble, uh, take into account the conference they're in. And the ACC is a fucking bitch. You've got Florida State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, of course, North Carolina, Louisville, Duke, uh, a solid oh, Clemson shit. team this year. It actually, like, it, it's sorry. a good-ass conference this year. And I feel like if it comes down to it and you're looking at a team to put in and it's like North Carolina who may have lost three more games than maybe New Mexico State that you're looking at, but they lost – those three games to really good teams. And I think obviously the committee is going to favor them. Yeah. So uh, this year's uh, basketball recruit rankings, it went Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. Kentucky uh, at the number one class. They had two five stars and four, four stars. Like, oh my God. Calipari should be a They had two top 10 uh, players, but North Carolina, That's disgraceful. North Carolina had three five stars. Caleb Love, easily the best one on that team. But like, Bro, North Carolina will be. probably looking at it. They're going to keep their four stars, and next year, I'm looking at Duke because Duke has two really okay. Yeah, Duke might. I'm not joking. Duke might go like Gonzaga type shit next year. If if they can keep everyone other than this Jeremy Roach and DJ Stewart, DJ is I'm pretty sure going to the draft, but like. Duke I don't know has, who the fuck you're talking about. So it's people on Duke. Duke already yeah. has two top ten uh, basketball commits for next year. So yeah, like Duke is a, kind of scary, but yeah, Kentucky's catching fire, but it's too late. They they sucked. Yeah, I mean it's disgraceful. If you're in the top ten recruiting and you don't make the tournament, just and fucking. So, I forgot where I saw this, but just one, quit. The if craziest thing is. Kansas right now, they're, I think, a four or six seed. Bill Self has never been lower than a four seed in his life at Kansas. Yeah, yeah. watch what happens when you have a freaking payroll for your players. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. I would, go to I would a blue blood. Every year if I was the coach of KU. Like, you would what? I would, hey, yeah. I would never be lower than a four seed. It, it, just, so, it, it just so happens that would you since, guys Would you guys seem to win? They No. Since they've been caught – or since they've been having problems, or since they started that investigation on Kansas, they've had some down years. And uh, last year they had probably their best year. I'm talking about in recruiting, yeah. though. They, uh, Kansas isn't even in the uh, – Missouri's higher than Kansas. Yeah, which shows you something. That's because... so funny. <laughs> Dude, it just shows. Like, I, I had an argument with a teacher who told me that recruits coming overseas – would see Kansas as the most beautiful state in America. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? Like, you seriously oh my God. think that, like, when Joel Embiid came over from Africa, he decided that KU... Fucking Lawrence, Kansas yeah, is where like, I want to oh, go. Lawrence, Kansas, this is so much better than... I don't want to do a Joel Embiid impression, but, yeah. like, Fuck, you guys bro, are shitting me right if now. If they all went... If it... Yeah, no. You know that there's fucking... Other than the Blue Blood program, Protégé, because, I mean, or, uh, you know, the history because of course that has you know something to do with where you pick to go so but jackson you wouldn't cheat to win if you don't get caught cheat. in the sense of wait what did you say john i would cheat in i would yeah i would cheat if i don't get caught and i'm gonna be like if hmm, it's tough is, if i no was punishment for cheating yeah if everyone if else if other teams Missouri, unless you're Missouri. If, if they were letting if they kept letting kansas and duke and all these fucking schools make up classes and pay their guys and give them apartments and give them shit 
I, I yeah, I would. Of course, I would because that's bullshit. If they can do it, I can do it. That's it's only fair because guess what? Lawrence, Kansas is just as unattractive as Columbia, Missouri to a fucking I think outside Columbia, Missouri is actually more attractive Dude, than Lawrence. Yeah, to I'm an right. outside recruit that's from like fucking. I yeah, don't know, because you're right next to St. Louis. John, Josh, I'm just saying, like, if you're like, let's say you're like from Joel Embiid, you're like in his stance. You think he even fucking bats an eye at Columbia, Missouri, or Lawrence, okay, Kansas? Okay, well, Josh, if they don't pay, if him. you don't know anything about Missouri or Kansas, and you just have to go off of like the way I thought you were talking is just like, oh, which which town is better to be at? No, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying my point is like, if these fuckers can cheat and like make him go to if he's gonna go to Lawrence fucking Kansas, there's obviously something going on. And don't tell me it's the history of the program. Yeah, no no one gets Look at Joel UCLA. Look at program. fucking Joel UCLA. You couldn't probably name someone from the 2008 class. They UCLA has 11 titles. Didn't they win like 10 of them in a row? Do you see anyone going there other than Lonzo in the last 10 years that's worth a fuck? Not really. Because but, but, but the history. Where's the history? Why aren't they going there? Because it doesn't fucking matter. People are so stupid that they think that people would literally go to Lawrence fucking Kansas to play basketball because of 2008. Like, get the fuck out of here. Or because of 1958 when freaking Wilt Chamberlain was carrying that. Yeah. Well, basketball was created at KU. The game of basketball was made here. It's got history. I'm like, you really think some fucker overseas that only wants to go to the NBA gives a living shit about that? No. He sees, oh, they're going to pay me and no other college is going to pay me. I'll go here. Pretty simple. And that's our Fuck Twitter you, video KU. of the week. So if you guys are <laughs> led to here, that is where you And are. I know we've got a KU following, but um, – Oh, wait. You're let just... me also say one other thing about cheating and why I would cheat is that it is completely allowed and honestly encouraged. Like, Will Wade literally got caught on a wiretap blatantly admitting to paying players and nothing he still coaches like, yeah isn't that lsu sideline like what if that's anything but encouraging teams to do it i don't know what is because but then you when you have arizona think, and deandre oh, ayton doesn't pay for a dinner rest. you you have will wade admitting to paying players but then you have deandre ayton who didn't pay a 150 dollar dinner that his parents probably would have paid and, and he gets, and they've actually been punished. Like, yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. Like, well, like, what did they do to what did they do to Chase Young in football? They they fucking they didn't they, they didn't do anything. They gave him like a week suspension. If that's a Missouri player, if it's a guy worth a fuck, if that's like Marcus Golden or Shane Ray oh, back a, in the that's day, a postseason ban. They're, that's they're done for the game. year. No, but it's Ohio State. Game. It's a blue blood. Yeah, if that just, was Nick Bolton this year, they, he would have been gone. Because yeah, an, it's complete bullshit. Easy player to make an example out of because. At the end of the day, no one gives a damn if Mizzou. Exactly, that's the problem, and that's why the NCAA is doing it because that gets them more money. That's what it comes. And that, down that's to. another they reason why because Duke they can... know that they can't not punish everyone, yeah. so they say let's punish. Yeah, people yeah. It won't cost us to punish. And that's why, and in another sense, that's another reason why I think Duke and North Carolina have a great shot at getting in the tournament this year because they realize how big of a draw that is, and it goes back to the other thing where they're not going to punish them because if they're not good. They're losing a lot of viewers. Duke and North Carolina are huge for them. So they yeah. want them to be good. That's They're not going like to punish all, them. That's them, Can- Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina is probably where they get all their international viewership. Probably Kentucky a little bit too. Yeah, but, but yeah, Kentucky's I agree not making that. it. I'm telling you teams that could make it. Yeah. No, that's they, 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 they know. Viewership. 
I, I would no doubt believe that the two most popular college basketball teams in the country are Duke and North Carolina. I don't know that to be a fact, but if I had to guess, those would be the uh, two most. I, I mean, fuck, I don't know. I'm just taking a while because they're up there. Um, and it just so happens that they're the ones that get breaks. When Duke gets caught making up classes, nothing happens. They Holy found bas- shit. They, ba- they found basically hard evidence that Zion was getting paid. Nothing. Like it's and the funny thing is we got to drop back to KU is that Zion got literally did not go to KU because they weren't gonna pay him no, and that got yeah, reported. It's known that he didn't go to KU because Duke was paying him more. Yes. <laughs> All right, here and we'll neither do this. school got in any trouble. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do the top five most. Uh. uh I don't know what the word is like most yearly income for college basketball teams. Oh God. Number uh, five. Do, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can get their numbers, but I could probably name all five. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll do Kansas, uh, Duke's in there. Kentucky, North Carolina. What'd you say, John? Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, but then what's Just that? The top. Is Villanova? No. No, Villanova, they don't pay. UCLA? Nope. No. They haven't been. Oregon? Nope. Uh, Ohio Louisville State? and Indiana. Oh, that's right. Indiana used to be cold as fuck. Houston uh, is definitely paying. And I only say that because they're always way better than they should be. And they have a coach who is known for paying people. It, it, it's disgraceful. It's hard to get into college sports like this when you know that shit's happening. And guys yeah, are. It's like, and then I get told by KU fans that, like, I need to have my team should just get better coaches or something. No, that that's that's always that their just thing. means Whenever, like you guys should you bring up players more. That is literally you what bring up saying. how they cheat and they go, well, you guys should just get better. Like, yeah, it's what like, the well, fuck does that they even mean? Get better because we're stuck in your cheating shadow. That is like, literally like if you walked out of like a week ago when it was like negative three degrees and saw a guy dying of hypothermia, you should be like you should just get a house. Like what? What the fuck are you talking about? Of course, like we would love to do that, but we can't do that because we don't have the fucking money you do. That's actually the Twitter video. It's ridiculous. And people, and it's just, we're exposed to it because we're around a bunch of KU fans who are completely oblivious, and they just pretend like nothing bad ever happened. Look, and, I can sit down and have a conversation with a KU fan that admits that they cheat, but if you can't say that we they do cheat, then I think you're, I can't respect you. Like, and no, I, that's, that's worst, I think even the worst kind, though, are the ones that will admit that they cheat because you get them into it, you give them hard evidence, and they're like, Okay, yeah, maybe we cheat, but we're still better. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, of course you're better. Like, oh my god, it is. I, I don't know how we got into a KU rant, but it was needed because yeah. I hate those motherfuckers. Right. I'll end it on trending falling. I have one. I'm assuming you guys don't. I just I've got this. one. Oh, okay. I've well, got two actually. All right. Well, John, I know you don't have any, probably. Oh no, I don't. All right, trending. Michael Pittman has grew some big ass balls. Yeah. This motherfucker told Carson Wentz no to wearing number 11. A Good. rookie. Pretty much a rookie. Good. One touchdown. John, who are we talking to? Sorry, my mother. Um, can we talk hello, John's her? mom. Can we talk to John's mom, too? Shh. All right, falling. All right, go on. Sorry. Falling. The Mariners <laughs> yeah. GM. Our CEO. CEO, yeah, CEO. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck's name is, did not want to. <laughs> whatever the fuck's name is. He, he he was going around. He was cutting corners. Not really. He was really going around the corners really slow because he didn't want to give his players any service time. And I think that's kind of bullshit. But the thing is, 
I don't know why people are blowing up on him that's doing this. Literally, the Blue Jays did the same exact thing with Vlad. It's true. Literally, they even admitted it. We're going to do the same thing with some of our guys, too. No, we don't. The Royals are known for get, like sending players up right away. Because supposedly, if we would have waited one more week for Brady Singer not like to come up, he would have had no years of service time. Oh, then like, we fucking yeah, no, fumbled the we, bag on that we, one. I Okay, I'm sorry. I have to say this. We screwed ourselves so hard. Like, we yeah. could have just like let Singer sit for a little bit longer. No, literally yeah. seven days. That's all it had to take. Seven more days. This yeah, is the please. this is the problem that happened when 2017 hit with Kane, Escobar, Hosmer, Mustakis all being free agents. It's because their service time, you brought them up and they just and Dayton even said that the next time around he is going to do a better job at that, at making sure that they do not all you know, come up at the same time, get the same, you know, so they don't lose them all at the same time because it's just ridiculous. I don't see why that's even controversial to mess with a guy's service time. Like, of course, as a GM, you want to have control of a player more. Like, what? Yeah, is that's that- my take on it. I've seen a lot of stuff that's like, we need to treat our players good and not manipulate their service time. And it's like, that's cool and all if you're the Red Sox and it doesn't matter and you can just find five better players by it you know, throwing money at them. But, like, if you're the Royals, you better be manipulating service time. Like, that that is my takeaway on it. Manipulating service time should actually be encouraged, actually. It would be better for the sport because low-market teams would have better players for longer. Yeah, like, I saw a thing, and it was – Jeff Passan wrote an article about how the Padres didn't didn't manipulate Fernando's service time. And it's like – and, and it, the whole message of the article was like, treat your players well, all that. And I'm all for that. But then they turn around and give him a 14-year contract. Like, why would they have ever messed with his service time in the first place? Yeah, there's, there's a clear like, there's a clear uh, result of when that happened, when you don't manipulate their time. We'll treat them better. They deserve to get paid. Does the organization not deserve to have them on a cheaper contract for longer? Like, why don't they have the same responsibility? First of all, the organization is taking a chance on you when they draft you, first of all. You're an unknown person at that point. They could be paying you to shit the bed. We did that with Bubba Starling, no offense, but, I mean, it just happened. And, you know, you look at that, and from that aspect, you never hear, oh, treat the teams better. You never would hear that. So I don't want to hear treat the players better. Of course I want guys that deserve to get paid like Whit Merrifield to get paid. I don't want Whit being, like, the 10th highest paid player on the team. That's bullshit. But in another sense, like what John's saying, is that we can't just bring you up early and give you what you want exactly with service time because we can't turn around and give you a 14-year contract like they can. And people are blind to that. And they're saying, you just don't treat your players right. Nobody that has played for the Royals in the Dayton Moore era has ever complained about how they've been treated. And we've done that the fucking well, every that's day. not true. There's Who? Also, uh... Who? Brandon Finnegan. Okay, Finnegan was just a dumbass. He got traded and he got pissed. That's Supposedly part of the, business. the rotation like, yeah. is already set up and the lineup. According to Dayton Moore, the pitching rotation and lineup is pretty much already set up. So, Well, we'll I'm see. Interested. I think there's – I'm interested too. I think you obviously have your locks of Duffy, Singer, and Keller to start. Uh, and then I think – Ben Attendee is a lock. Is Bubich a lock? That's where I would be no, interested. No, he is. How? Dude, I mean, I how do we know? Got, we got Mike Miner. That's what I'm saying. Mike Miner's probably going to be one of the five. Yeah. And then he's a reliever. I just 
He could he, be. And what is Junis? Needs to be the opener again. I, he needs to do a. Opener. We'll see. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm like I I think there's three locked spots where there's no way they're not going to be there. I would, in my personal opinion, I'm not saying Bubich won't start. I'm just saying I wouldn't lock him in yet. And I think Bubich, you're going to look at Bubich, um, Miner, and Junis, and then probably Kowar or Lynch as one of the other guys. That would be my. Then we trade Bubich, or not Bubich. Then we need to trade, like, Duffy. So then we can just. Dude, one of the guys are going to have to go. Like, when Asa Lacey's ready. Eventually, yeah. yeah, Somebody's got to go. And, like,. You just can't trade Ace Lacey, off now. first of all. Pull the no, Band-Aid off when Ace Lacey's ready. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Duffy needs to go to the pen. We could grow his value so much there. He's not a starter, man. You're he could be a – I'll tell you this. He could be a great opener. And he – because he the first be two – fantastic three-inning opener. Not even well, when you look at his statistics in his career as a starter – his first three times through the, or his first two times through the lineup are significantly better than the third time. Not like a normal pitcher. Like, of course, most pitchers, the higher pitches, the more the lineup sees them, it gets you know a little worse as your third time through. Duffy's is like he goes from being no, he gains four lights out innings, and then the fifth and sixth inning is just a capitulation of. And unfortunately, in the Ned Yost era, Ned never pulled the guys. He just let them in. He just let them in way too long. And he also cared too much about getting them like the win statistic. And it was yeah. like, dude, if someone pitches four and two thirds scoreless, that's fine. Don't leave yeah. him let him give up a jack. Like, ah. Yeah, right, no, well, I, I agree. I think you have two really interesting. I think you have three really interesting guys in Junis, Duffy, and Miner who are all capable of starting, but would probably fit better in the pen, which really leaves you with the option of using them as openers. I think the only guys that I'm very confident in as starting pitchers right now are Keller and Singer, just from what I've seen. Bro, so it'll be that's in- the thing. Keller's about to have to be paid, so that should be interesting. We might trade Keller. No, we already we already extended Keller. Yeah, I thought it's like Keller. two years. Keller signed a Saudi contract. We, yeah, wait, I thought we signed it only like two years. Um, I'm pretty sure it was four, but I don't remember for sure. Let's see. Uh, I, I don't it. think Brad Keller no, would he get paid a one-year bank anyway. Deal. Let's be yeah, honest, guys, Brad Keller, he got, unless he, he goes has, off this year, do we really think he's going to make a shit ton of money? Oh, whatever it is. What is it? Whatever. Oh, bro, we, we have the next two seasons of Keller. Arbitration yeah. 2 and Arbitration 3. It'll yeah, go I up. I don't understand but... Arbitration. What? I don't understand Arbitration, but it's fine. Arbitration is the guy will not go to free agency. You give him a number. If he agrees to that number for that season, you move on. If he doesn't. He picks his number. You go to an arbitration hearing, and they rule in favor of either the player or the team. And if they are full, of course, in the team, the salary the team proposed. Okay, and, so yeah, and he's for- All right, all right. So, yeah, we're going to leave it there. little knowledge to end the podcast. Yeah, a little knowledge. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe, let us know how we did, and leave a review. Follow us at primetime underscore KC. Also, Jackson will be posting draft reviews every week up until the draft night. There is no a line for all seven rounds. Go watch my Zach Wilson one. It's already up John, on YouTube. You I said O-line all seven rounds. <laughs> all right. Chiefs, yep. Chiefs definitely could do that. Yeah, we'll go check out the Zach Wilson one. It's already up on YouTube. All right, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.